Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast Iron, the podcast all about rock and metal. I am your host, Alan Williamson, and I'm joined as always by Lewis Clark. Lewis, how are you? Hello there. Um, well, you know, what's a good Viking greeting that I can uh, start with? Um, uh, oh, okay, how about, um, we welcome you to a Viking feast. <laughs> good stuff. Because good today stuff. Uh, we are listening to a live album, um, and that's by Amon Amarth, and the album is The Pursuit of Viking. <laughs> So, how's it going? Yeah, not bad, buddy. Not bad. It's been an interesting week. Um, we've had non-essential retail reopen over here. So, basically, every day this week, I have been in a charity shop buying old tats. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's been good yeah. fun. Um, been listening to an awful lot of music as well recently. Um, the new Offspring album came out today, which I was very excited for. And let let the bad times roll. That's that the it? one. That's the one. Not a great first single, let's put it that way. But thankfully, it's not indicative of the rest of the record. I've actually quite enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, I've also been listening to, obviously, a monomath. <laughs> um, you don't say. Also, an awful lot of in flames at the moment, which I've been chronicling you over Messenger. Yes. So you've been working your way through the in flames back catalogue, and yeah. you finally gave up hope at Siren Charms, which I yeah. think is the point at which I gave up hope. All, all, kind of. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm still tempted to try out some of the later stuff just to see how how it goes from there. But yeah, it's definitely the one where it's like, okay, this isn't this isn't sounding like. It's just there's too many ideas thrown at the wall, and it's not nothing's yeah. quite sticking on that record. Whereas it's like before, at least there was a there was an obvious goal and an overall sound that kind of hit. Um, even when things you know drifted away from the the original intention of being a mellow death band, they still had you know a sound that you could grab a hold of on those records. And uh, yeah, I very much enjoyed what I was listening to up until then. I have a I have a playlist on Apple Music. It's called Burning Up. Okay. And it is um, mashing up the last three In Flames albums into something listenable. Oh, and okay. The songs that I thought were okay on Siren Charms were um, Paralyzed, Everything's Gone, and Rusted Nail. I think Rusted Nail's probably still my phone ringtone, actually. Oh, okay. There, there, you, there you go. But. Um, Whenever you'd said you were listening to it, I checked it out again. I was like, yeah, this is this, this wasn't good at the time. I think Battles is also really rather poor. Mm. I think it's probably the low point. And um, their most recent one, um, I the Mask, um, is, is slightly better and actually yeah. has you know more than two tracks on that on that yeah. playlist. No, so, I mean it was they, the thing. Yeah, it's, 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 a stra- it's, it's a strange thing. And and I got the I got the Clayman twentieth anniversary. I haven't um, touched that with a barge pole because I have original Clayman. <laughs> yeah, and and that's it. Like I, so my brother Daniel, who's the composer of the Cast Iron theme tune. Yep. Um, he's a massive In Flames fan, and he will justify even even Siren Charms and Battles. <laughs> um, but um, we were talking about this Clayman re-release, and he said, "You know, what did you think?" And I said, um, "The original mastering was fine. I don't know why they bothered. I can't hear the difference, mm. and the re-recorded tracks." Everything they add makes it worse, and, and oh. nothing about it's better. Oh. Um, so it's it it it's so strange because 
you think if you're doing a 20th anniversary re-release of an album, that suggests you really care about the album and you really care about the fans. But mm. but yet, the, the way they've approached it is so bizarre. They just, they just, they're a band that don't really seem to care about their history and they're not interested in, you know, un, unlike the band we're about to talk about, yeah. you know, they're, they're not interested in, in consistency or, or keeping it metallic. Yeah, but yet, yeah. They're also still bound up in that identity. So Modern in Flames is, is pretty bizarre. Mm. Everything from, um, I'd say probably everything from a sense of purpose onwards is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. I was, but I, genuinely, I was quite surprised that I was still quite enjoying what I was hearing from the one stuff. I mean, I've really, really learned to love um, Reroute to Remain. I think that's an amazing record. Um, I love that one. That's, yeah. that, that's the one that I always disagree with the brothers on because it's like one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so I think it's a really good, um, modern, if you like, yeah. Uh, modern like Melodeath sound, where it's getting a bit more into like a metalcore type sound. But I, I really like Reroute to Remain, yeah, and yeah. I think all the weird creative choices they make with the the synth and and violins and stuff work really, really well. Mm, yeah, it benefits the overall tune, and it's very catchy. It's a really, really fun record. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was nice to explore that discography a little bit more. Um, yeah, and. Uh, there's a few other bits I've been kicking around, but I won't talk about what I've been listening to too much. What about yourself? Oh, what have I been listening to? So there is a there's a Finnish band called Wheel, like okay. you know the, the thing that the cars have four of, um, and they uh, released a new album a couple of weeks ago called Resident Human, which mm-hmm. I've been saying in the, the Resident Evil voice. Resident <laughs> Human, <laughs> uh, and it's really fun. Um, so they. Their last album, which I think I probably put as a further recommendation on something. It might have been on the Tool episode. Um, mm. Their first album is quite Tool-inspired, but this one's um, a bit more coming out of the shell. Um, so it's been really good. Um, let me see. What's my my 2021 running playlist? Uh, I've been listening to the tracks that have been released from the new Gojira album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty fun. Gojira's always good. I've been listening to a lot of um, this band called Active Denial. Okay. I think I sent you one or two of the tracks. Um, so Active Denial is a melodic death metal supergroup with um, Bjorn Strid from Soilwork. Yes, he did. drummer yeah. from yeah, Septic yeah. Flesh. Um, and um, I, think it's, I think it's a bassist from Testament. Yeah. The bassist of the guitar is from Testament. Um, and it's, re- it's really very exciting what they've released so far. So it's based on the four singles they've released. That's the, that's the best album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I've, been really, I've been really enjoying that. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of Amon Amarth. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, Amon Amarth is kind of one of my go-to bands when I need to get stuff done at work. So I, they're one of my go-to bands all the time. Okay. And so, I was, yeah, I, I mean. Was thinking about, well, I was thinking about what to, what we should do next. Yeah. And we did the, the St. Anger special, which was extremely long, and I'm yep, still yep. traumatized by that, I think. <laughs> we did the System of a Down double, and that was very long, yep, too. Yep. And I thought we needed something that was had required a little less attention, a bit more bouncy. <laughs> and I was also thinking, you know, we've been in lockdown for, well, lo- we've been in lockdown or pandemic times for over a year now, and neither yep. of us have been to a live music gig. So yeah, like, absolutely. Remember, remember live music? Yeah, yeah. Here's some of that. Um, and uh, so I thought, oh, this might be fun because I've been enjoying that lately, and um, and yeah, it's just it, it's something we haven't um, tackled before. So no, I, I, it's, the, uh, it's very interesting, very pick. appreciated, definitely. No, um, it, it, this is my first exposure to a monomath completely, and I think I said to you uh, as I was, my first impressions were, 
okay, I, I am genuinely very surprised that this is a melodic death metal band. I was not expecting that because I knew about the Viking shtick. Um, and I think yep. instantly I assumed, okay, we're going to get something folk metal or power metal like Tourisass or something like that, you know? Um, yep. So, yeah, that was a big surprise. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it, that, that was a great thing, to be honest with you, because it was just a case of like, oh, okay, here's something I can get my teeth stuck into, you know? It, this is... um very much on my uh on my page and uh in my wheelhouse so yeah um it was a real surprise and it was a a nice first impression but yeah um i don't want to go straight into my thoughts of this entire record <laughs> <laughs> so i guess to give a bit of context yeah um, please do so amon and marth um are a melodic death metal band um and the closest thing Two previous episodes we've covered would be whenever we covered the Jester Race by In Flames. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of noodly licks, um, a lot of a lot of tremolo picking. Now, I was yep. listening to some of our previous episodes, and this is a quote from you on our Emperor episode, uh, which is twenty. I love me some tremolo picking. Oh well, yes. You are gonna you are gonna love this yep, because yep. this uh, because most of this is full of tremolo picking. Um, so it's a bit like In Flames. The singer sounds like Goldar from Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> Rangers. <laughs> um, but this is not viking metal and i am by no means a viking metal expert this is actually melodic death metal and it's yeah. kind of iron maiden meets in flames um mm. and viking metal is kind of actually like emperor actually you get described as a sort of prototype like a, a prototype viking metal type thing but viking metals bore bands like bathory it's even more it's more black and folky yeah, than yeah. melodic death metal um so that's that's what Viking metal is, and so Amon Amarth say, no, we, we just consider ourselves a, a melodic death metal band. The name yeah. Amon Amarth, which is not what you'd expect, um, takes its name from the Cinderin name of Mount Doom in Lord of the Rings. Oh, there you go. So that, that's what it is. So this album is um, called The Pursuit of Vikings. This is from the tour for the album Yom's Viking. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I sent Lewis a special package uh, with the, the DVD and the, the CD pack. Yeah, no, that was um, a fun little if, thing to show up in the post. I was uh, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, wanted to, wanted to surprise you. Yeah. Um, so this is the Yom's Viking Tour. They were headlining Summer Breeze, which is a big German metal festival. Um, and the main show has like flaming runes, hammers, explosions. There's a giant sea serpent that appears oh. at the end of it. It's, like, it's totally mad. And... Um, the interesting thing about Yom's Viking, and I think the interesting thing about talking about a live album in general, is that this brings quite a lot of that explicit maiden influence to the plate, and there's a little more melody to the the more crunchy stuff they've been doing for the past couple of albums. So it's it's interesting because like we talked back in the Saint Anger episode about how we got into Metallica, and I got into Metallica through a live album, yeah. which was S and M, and and live albums are. Like, I don't think we'd ever cover a Greatest Hits album and cast yeah, iron. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. But live albums are kind of Greatest Hits, kind of not. And yeah. we'll probably get into this as we discuss it. But what's interesting about this is it's it's kind of a, a good, broad Greatest Hits package, but it doesn't have, like, the more fan-favorite-y, nuanced-y things. It tends to be a bit more, I guess, uniform and, and bombastic. Because yeah. whenever you're doing a live set, um, there's always a chance that people haven't heard the band before. And I'm, I'm sure we could talk about, you know, bands we got into having seen live for the first time. I mean, 
springing to mind for me would be like uh, Billy Talent would be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would be the the, fir- the first one that that springs to mind. Um, but you know, you see bands at whether it's a uh, big musical festival or sometimes you see them as a supporting act and yeah, you, yeah. you get into them that way around. Um, so it's an interesting mix of tracks. Um, it is, but, it um, is an interesting mix of tracks. If you get any, if you get any opening thoughts before we get we get into it about what it was like to for your first experience of a Mon Mars to be a live album rather than a, a studio album. Yeah, um, I, I mean the main thing, and I don't want to give the game away too early, sort of thing, but like I think. The, the thing that really stri- strikes me overall on this record is the songwriting is extremely proficient. I think from song to song in this set list, it's a case of, well, this is just so robust. You know, they've got their style and their, their sound down to an absolute T and it flows really nicely. It ebbs and flows quite nicely as well. So you get some breathers. It's not full on for the entire 16 tracks. There's some nice surprises. There's, there's a moment in, you know, in particular where we get like a guest spot and we also get, mm-hmm. um, a slower track for which I say like, this is headbanging music, <laughs> which is kind of fun. <laughs> so yeah, you, you yeah. get like, it, it, it's a, it's a nice structure. And I thought as well, the performance is extremely tight. Like, I don't know if this has yeah, been overdubbed yeah. or not, but from what I can oh. gather, this sounds really, really, really tight. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. And that's, so that's one interesting, th- that's probably something we should say before we begin is, with live albums, there's a bit of controversy about overdubbing, which is essentially you have your live performance, yeah. then you go into the studio and you tweak it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was I was looking around at you know, other live albums I've really enjoyed, um, and one of them that sprung to mind was uh, there's a good live album by Megadeth called Rude Awakening, okay. which is a really good um, Storm Thorgerson cover as well. Oh, lovely. And, um, uh, which is always nice. He's yep. uh, done some good covers for... Do you like Pink some Floyd, Storm? Absolutely. Mars, Mars Volta, like, like I, I met Storm. Storm Ferguson once, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he did a um, open sort of like gallery in London and he was actually there. So I got one of his photo books and got him to sign it. He was a very lovely person. Did you say Biffy Claro's Puzzle? What an album cover. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> there's those loads of his that I absolutely love. I mean, he did he did some Offspring stuff, believe it or not. Um, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Splinter has some art by Storm yeah, Studios in it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, but a fantastic artist. Anywho, um, Rude Awakening has been rumored to have been overdubbed. And um, another band I actually got into through live music is Bad Religion. And the first album of theirs I bought was um, Tested. Yeah. And it is not overdubbed at all right right um so that i don't know with this one yeah, um, yeah. i know some bands do it you can usually tell if, if the singer is suspiciously in tune the whole time especially if it's dave the stain yeah um yeah. that's probably been overdubbed if it sounds <laughs> a little bit too studio polished yeah yeah if it's if it sounds a bit more raw um or if you there's people fluffing the fluffing the guitar bits and stuff then it's mm. more likely to be raw yeah um, yeah and the other thing we can talk about in this in relation to other albums is um, probably that's probably something to talk about at the end, is like the, the sound mix and the crowd involvement and, and, and how they've brought that together and how that compares to, to other albums because yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. So shall we shall we open the open the gates of Valhalla? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay, so uh, the first track is The Pursuit of Vikings. Oh, yeah. 
So this one, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through what album they're off. Okay, that's um, fine. I feel like having bought this album for you, I feel like I have to guide you through it. Okay, so that's good. This is actually uh, this is off the the album Fate of Norns, okay, which is the oldest album I think that they do on the tour. Okay. Uh, no, no, tell a lie. Uh, this is one from Death and Fire. So this is from 2004. Okay, and okay. Often when you go to see bands live, they open with the lead single off a new album. Yeah. But this is one of the oldest songs in the set list, and this is a fan favorite. Yeah, I could, um, I could get which that. Which I think is super interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's a really good way to get the non-fans into the action. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, I hope you like Norse mythology. This is going to be really <laughs> long. Uh, if you, you said... Uh, I'm not really into Norse mythology, and I don't really like tremolo picking. I'm, like, I'm so, so sorry for how you have to spend the next 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I enjoyed this. I think it's a really good set opener. Um, one of the things I did notice about the track list um, is that one of these things with the song titles that I kind of find really funny is there's an awful lot of of the songs. <laughs> so I have decided for every single track on this album, I have I have reworked it as an of the track. So this is now the pursuit of the Vikings. Um, of the Vikings. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good set opener. I do um, instantly, I like the crowd mix on this because you get to hear them sing along to the riff, which is one of those modern live experience things that has sort of taken off more recently. And I really like it. I like to hear crowds sort of sing along to the riff. So you get the da 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 which <laughs> um, or, you know, England scoring goals. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really fun. And this, the chorus in particular... Well, I suppose it's the pre-chorus. There's lots of like, hey, hey, it's for the crowd to sort of like get get involved with. So yeah, it's a really strong opener, very memorable. I think the guitar work is really great. I think it has a lot of drama thanks to that sort of string-driven introduction as well. Um, And also, it was my first introduction to Amonimath's vocal style, which is quite impressive. Let's put it on, honestly. to, To have a roar come so naturally to a vocalist... And it's such a baritone, you know, like it really sits in that low. There's a lot of bands that are guilty of pitching the vocalists down to get that effect. And it comes incredibly naturally to this man. Oh, so, so you mean that they'll actually die, sort of electronically downshoot? Death metal in particular, yeah. There are wow. certain vocalists that are guilty of uh, pitching themselves down to make themselves sound a lot more grunty. But yeah, well, this comes... Naughty. That's incredibly nice. naturally to this boy and uh yeah i'm in- very impressed it's it's a great sound so i saw a monomarth live i'm just check just check my calendar i saw them live in oxford in 2015 yeah um and um needless to say when pursuit of vikings came on which was near the end so whenever i saw them it was the year before they released yom's vikings so the most yeah. recent release was deceiver of the gods needless to say everybody does it <laughs> it's great i love it um, <laughs> i love that stuff man. and and I watched some of the the music videos for this as well. Did, did, okay, so did you watch the DVD or did you just? Listen I to haven't the had a chance to listen to watch the DVD oh. yet. No, I've, I've been working my way through the CD mostly. I've just been trying to re, okay. re, re-listen to that over and over. Because um, because Johan uh, Hegg, the singer, he's got a horn. Um, oh, okay. like a big Viking drinking fort horn, which he uses <laughs> as a um, like a, a, a prop. Yeah, uh, and later on, needless to say, the horn gets raised. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, he was definitely um. Th- this is the bit when he, he welcomed us to the Viking feast, and uh, he got got the horns out, and you drink along to the pursuit of Vikings. So this is uh. It's it's. But I think it's really interesting because it is the the only track of uh Fate of Norns. Yeah. Um, and um, 
I've also like there's um okay, so if you get the the, the version I got you has a live DVD. Yep. And then it's the CD of the main Summer Breeze stage. Yep. I don't own that, and I have been streaming it. Okay. And the streaming one is a special deluxe one that has two discs. Right. And that's and I would have got you that second disc as well. Um, but you can't get it. It's it costs. It's like a super super expensive. Yeah, version. yeah. They must have done it um, wrong. Yeah. So the T there's the the T stage disc, um, and it is a set they played the night before, which is full of fan favorites. Right. Um. So it so it's quite quite interesting if you're yeah no i will definitely visit that on the dvd Um, at some point so yeah but it's yeah but um so that's just that's an interesting sidetrack but if you're listening along on streaming you think oh they're leaving out half the tracks it's because it lewis hasn't actually listened to them but i will pick out some choice cuts for you definitely um so pursuit of vikings yeah i really i really like this one there's not much more to say it's a good um, good intro to the band so the next one is um as loki falls As Loki of the Falls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this one's off um, Deceiver of the Gods. Um, and for this one, this is a top five of Monomarth riff for me. I okay. love a good bit of tapping. And it's probably the track that got me into the band more than anything else. Oh, right. um, okay. And I think I got into them because I think it was Daniel got me a copy of Twilight of the Thunder God. Okay. Um, uh, but this one was like, oh man, you know, this is just this. This is where you get that that maiden influence coming in. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got I that sort of gallopy was... drums to it. Totally. Yes, So what did you what did you think of this? Yeah, I think it's got like I say that that driving pace is really really effective. Um, it's got a nice um, yeah, it's just a bit of speed. Uh, so things pick yep. up a little bit yep. with this track. Um, double bass drumming is really impressive and super tight the entire song um the only thing i'd say about this one is i don't think there's a much of a discernible riff or melody on this one so it did kind of feel like it fell into the background a little bit um so it didn't quite grab me as much as the first track which had more of a right okay there's there's a memorable sort of like chanting or something that you can get along along with and the riff was very you know at the forefront whereas i didn't quite I couldn't quite pick one out on this song, so it was very much a case of I was just enjoying the the change of pace and the and the speed and and you know really good drumming. Um, but like I say, the riffs didn't quite didn't quite get a melody there to grab onto. So it, it, yeah, it didn't it didn't hit, it hit me as as much as the first track did, which really sort of you know grabbed me by the balls. I mean, I guess it is like one big long tapped yeah song yeah, and and I think so. One of the things that's interesting about the sound mix is that. I think on the whole it's pretty good, mm. but I can understand with a song like that where, um, you know, if you're listening to live music, like the bass typically gets a, lot, a little bit lost and it becomes a little muddier. Um, so you do you do lose a little bit of the top end and the low end whenever you get live recordings, yeah. don't you? Yeah, and I know what you um, mean. That, it's, it's very, this, this whole record does sit in a nice, comfortable, right, okay, once you get the structure of an Amonimath song, it's like... Okay, so we got double bass, we got a downtuned riff, um, so very chuggy. Not 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 metal corey, but you know, it's it, we like no. to 
to emphasize a, a single chord for for quite a bit in the, in the in the music structure um you know growled vocals it's just like okay right so we blanket mix it <laughs> across the board so that everything stands out in, in the in the structure but it yeah it, it doesn't have an awful lot of nuance let's put it that way there's no quiet louder dynamic on this album <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Yeah. no no it's a and that, like that's that's a live set right yeah yeah absolutely nothing nothing's quiet at, at a live game yeah yeah uh, <laughs> no, absolutely nothing that's that, that's part of the fun it's yeah like no, a big, completely it's like a big party that's that's not the that's not the goal with this is it so yeah absolutely no, no. and and I think it's a good fit it's a good fit for the band mm. like if you were going to do a live album. Um, to introduce somebody to a band, this isn't a bad. A Monomar's not a bad choice of band if you're going to be pummeled. You know, yeah, yeah, no, completely. completely. So next up, we got First Kill. Uh, and this is um, this was the first single of Yom's Viking. So okay. This is where we actually get into the the new material. Yep. yep. Um, and what do you think of this one? I think this one is very much like the previous song in that there's a great intensity to it, and the double double bass drumming again is really effective and really really punchy. But this one has a really great chorus that helps make it stand out. I think yes. first kill or first of the kill um, is. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this. I'm sorry. Um, the first of killing. <laughs> I think first kill is a more effective take on what as Loki falls is doing personally. Personally, yep. um, so yeah, I very much enjoyed this one. I think um, yeah, again, it has the the parts that I liked of As Loki Falls, but it has that really great chorus that helps it stand out, and that was the thing that really sort of like grabbed me with this one. I really enjoyed it. So one of the interesting things about Yom's Viking is it's it's almost it's the closest a Monomarth will ever get to a concept album, right? Okay, um, and it actually has a bit of a plot. So first cool. kill is you know when he well it was the first man he killed yep. was the Earl's right hand man. Um, it's just, it's just such a great intro to the song where he. He, before he goes full Goldark, he's talking to his head, he's like, They came to take her away. <laughs> he gets angrier and angrier. He's describing how he murders this guy. Um, but that chorus with the, I am an outlaw. It's like, yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. That's yeah, so, yeah. Really, I, really, I really absolutely fun. love the chorus. Yeah, um, yeah. And at the end of it, um, because it's Germany, at the end, Johan shouts, Danke! But it sounds <laughs> like he's just shouting, Take it! <laughs> That makes sense now, because I thought he was saying thank you, but it's like, he he says his T's very hard there, but no, he's saying danke, obviously, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And and that actually comes up on the T-stage, I'll I'll give you a bit, I'll give you the T-stage outro after we've done the main thing, there's an interesting context to it, Um, but he says that he he can't speak German very well, and he can't really speak English, Um, so he does do more audience interaction and and talking on the T-stage this, yeah, Um, but... But I just think this is such a fun song. I was I was quite surprised the album didn't open with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, but um, but you know, all all good, all good. Yeah, we yeah, got no, there. absolutely. Uh, so next, it's just going to be me going right. Next track, what did you think? Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? <laughs> so it will change. And, it will change. Oh, so oh no! <laughs> I really, I, I'm really hoping you don't get to the end and go. Oh, I just was too tired. This is just beating me down. Okay, oh. next up, next up is the way of. The Viking. <laughs> there we go, yes. Um, so this is another one of Yom's Viking. Yep. Um, so 
Um, so, what do you what did you think? What did you think? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, there is very little in the way of melody on this one for me. Um, I found it quite forgettable personally. Um, I think it almost saves itself with a really good chorus. Um, but yep. it feels a bit lazy though, because the vocals just copy the riff, like the structure of the riff. They just go along with the way the, mm-hmm. the playing goes. So it's fine. I get that the vocals don't have any melody. So, you know, that's the easiest way out, right? Is to just sort of, you know, follow the existing melody. But it didn't quite grab me as much as some of the other, other choruses on this because they do their own thing. They've got, that sort of chanting quality to them that helps you really sort of like it really hits sticks in your head. Whereas this one, I was just like, Oh, okay. He's just following the melody. That's fine. I suppose. But yeah, this one in particular, I felt like, okay, something's missing here. Um, I'm not getting a riff. I'm not getting like an instant sort of like hook that I can sort of like grab onto. Um, and as a result, it kind of fell by the wayside, this track. It's not one I've particularly wanted to revisit that frequently, to be honest with you. Um, which is fine, you know, like, again, it's a, it's a live set, right? Things have to ebb and flow. There has to be moments where it's not just all hits all the time, all chaos, because it would be exhausting. You wouldn't want to stand in yep, an arena yep. for two hours and be absolutely battered. You need some moments where it's like, okay, we'll, we'll just headbang for this one, you know, or something like that, you know? Um, and yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's early in the set. I think I, kind of wanted to keep the intensity up and I just wasn't quite yep. like I need something to hold I, on to here and I'm not getting the melody. I I totally agree. Mm. Um I I think um I quite like the the galloping riff at the beginning which mm. is quite made in the yeah. it feels like it runs out of ideas after the first chorus and yeah, it essentially yeah. repeats itself. Mm. Thinking about it because so I do think that the chorus is quite fun. And I think that the solo is really good. Like I think it's it's a, it's a really really well well done one. Yeah, it's it very very made and very fun. I think the problem is actually the bridge between the verse and the chorus. Yeah, yeah. that is a bit too long. Yeah, it just yeah. feels like it saps the energy out of it. So yeah. I I agree. Um, like I say, really good solo. I see why it's on the set list because it's a bit of a sing along. Yeah. Um, but um, but it's very yeah, sort uh, of you know all the guitar work is very single chord chuggy for ages yeah, and it's just like I I need something else guys you know like it's it's fine that's fine but yeah I I agree not 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 a highlight not not awful but not a highlight you can see why it's there yeah okay next up at at dawn's first light what's what's your name for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one's hard. <laughs> the, the first light of dawn. Are you allowed to? That's not bad. That's not bad. You like to I'll rearrange the words, or does it have to be like the the dawn at the dawn of first light? Well, that, that's kind of kind of uh, tautological, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, at, at dawn's first light. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. Um, really memorable chorus. Um, even though I just complained about the uh, vocals following the melody, I think this one works a lot better, even though it does the same thing. Because I think 
just having the rhythm guitar do something else really sort of like helps accentuate the main riff. So you've got that the at dawn's first light, um, but the the rhythm guitar is sort of just doing these long sort of long power chords, and it just sort of emphasizes the whole thing a lot more. It really makes yeah. that that chorus stand out. I really like that chorus a lot. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that's mainly what I just said. Yeah, and there's um, <laughs> that it, it doesn't have the sort of the, that chugging that the, the previous track did. It doesn't sort yep. of like hit that same chord for for ages and ages. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciated the shift in focus to more melody and just just something else. Yeah, I, I like I say, I I like a hook. I like something to grab onto and. Um, for a first impression of a band as well, you know, like I, I need something that's gonna to keep me keep me invested, and this had that for me. So yeah, I, I very much enjoyed that Dawn's first flight. I think it's a really fun, really memorable track. I I absolutely love this, mm. and this this comes um, this is Yom's Viking, and it comes right after the Way of Vikings, mm. and I think it's easily one of my favorite tracks in that album. I love the introduction. At Dawn's first flight, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. And, and Yuan's quite a good singer when he sings. It is fleeting. He does it a little <laughs> more in the more recent albums, and that's why First Kill he does that. Um a little I think he does it a little bit on the um on the latest album, Berserker, as yeah. well. Um love the intro. The main riff is great, the chorus yep. is perfect. And I, I particularly like the little bridge riff is there. Where, where the words he's going, smashing, killing, thrashing, spilling. It's <laughs> so good. And, and the solo is the solo's very maiden and again very fun and I guess it's, I was trying to pick out whether it's an, an Adrian Smith solo or a Dave Murray solo. It's probably more probably more Dave Murray because it's legato and all over the place. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. Treme- tremendous fun. Yeah, really, 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 good, really good. good. So next up, it's Cry of the Blackbirds. You don't even have to add the of the. Hey. <laughs> doing your work. Is it was three in a row? We don't have to add the of the. So this um, one, um, this one, the opening riff. Always reminds me, uh, and this is where you have to go do some cutting. The opening riff always reminds me of Papa Roaches between Angels and Insects. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can hear it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually really like the intro riff on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm also a Papa Roach fan, so maybe that helps. <laughs> um, no, it was really, really good. Um, and as you correctly said earlier in this episode, I have mentioned that I like the tremolo picking on this song. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> really good fun. Um, so the only thing that's... This one's a bit older. This, yeah. one, this one's actually... This is off um, with Odin on our side. Okay, okay. Um, and it gives you an idea of that classic sound. Bit more, bit more brutal and pummeling. It's, yeah, it's yeah. actually... It's closer to old school death metal. Yeah, yeah. With Odin on our side. So I'm on a Marth kind of... Like... It's a bit of an evolution over time. Yeah. But I think you can break down their work into... So if you listen to their first couple of albums... Mm. Like one sent from the Golden Hall or the Avenger, yeah, very in flames, um, very sort of classic Scandi mellow death, yeah, very yeah, like yeah. at the gates in flames sign. You know, 
quite crunchy and, and sharp. Yeah. Um, and then as you get onto stuff like um, probably from around with Odin on our side, it was a bit more, bit more maidenly, a bit more polished. Um, and they've got those, it's got a chunk to it. Yeah. Like more chunky chug to it. Um, but this gives you an idea of, yeah, what they used to sound was like a lot of, lot of tremolo. Yeah. No, I, I very much enjoyed this. I think it's a very, very good song. Um, but yeah, the only thing that I did men- uh, did note in my notes is that I think the chorus is a little bit weak on this one. It didn't quite, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it didn't have the sing-along chanty, you know, grab grabs you and takes you along for a, for a little ride for a moment. It just, it, yeah, it was, it just sort of fell into the background, unfortunately, that chorus. But otherwise, um, I really liked the musicianship. I think the intro riff is fantastic, and again, love that tremolo picking. So uh, yeah, it very much won me over. It um like I think again it's one of these ones where the it it gets away with a lot on a particularly good riff yeah and that riff does carry it I I really like the bit and I'm not sure if it comes across in the live mix but certainly in the, the studio one there's a really nice um I don't know like a nice syncopation between the drums and that guitar riff okay in the middle of it it's going the drums are kind of going and it's it's it just sounds very very nice and yeah. It, Complements the riff really nicely. Hmm. I'm not sure how much that comes across in the live mix. I'd have to have um, a little re-listen, yeah. but yeah, fun track. Look, not my absolute favorite. Um, wouldn't say no to it. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have Deceiver of the Gods. It's another of the song. <laughs> and, um, and this track is from the album Deceiver of the Gods. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, instantly we're singing along to the intro riff again with the whole crowd involved. I love that. It's uh, yeah, instantly just like grabbed me. I'm just like, yep, I'm I'm involved. Bit of fun. I can see exactly what why the Amonamartha live experience is one that I would like to experience at some point. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, it's it's serviceable. Let's put it that way. I think it has all the typical elements of an Amonamath song. Uh, you've got your, you know, down tube guitars, your double bass drumming, your growly screams. It, it's 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 fine. It, it doesn't stand out to me as anything particularly special. But I think I don't think that's that's a, you know, it's not a bad song by any means. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's not a bad song. I think it's just very much a Monomath by numbers at this point, and. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. It's just, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite have again a riff or a, a hook or a melody that I could quite grab onto. So, Deceiver of the Gods is one of the weaker Amon and Marth albums, and they essentially okay. play every good track on the set list, right? Um, and this is where it's interesting because, you know, if I had picked an individual album, you might have gone on with it. You might not. You might have had some reservations, but it's quite good that I can, I can kind of do yeah a little. <laughs> little greatest hits yeah. off this and we can we can jump through it. Yeah. I think Deceiver of the Gods is not a bad song, but I agree it's quite formulaic yeah. compared to some of the other stuff, especially lyrically. It's quite like I mean, every every friggin' song's about Thor or Loki, well, right? Yeah, or Viking. This is it. Yeah. But but I find this one is just a bit like, nah, I've definitely definitely heard it all before. So I think the Monomarth by numbers is really fair. I do enjoy the breakdown in the middle. It's a good, <laughs> heavy as fuck bit. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's enjoyable, but I, I certainly haven't read Again, reservations. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I had fun with it yeah. for yeah. what it was, but it just didn't quite have the that special something that I've been enjoying from some of the previous tracks. So yeah. I mean, I think without without prejudicing the whole rest of the discussion, um, at at very least you have fun with these songs. Yeah, yeah, completely. There none of them you think this is cack. Yeah, what yeah. were no, they no, thinking? No. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but this is definitely one of the one of the weaker tracks off one of the weaker albums, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and that's why it's interesting because after Deceiver of the Gods, they went away, and then he came back with Yom's Viking, which yeah. was which I think is a much stronger album. Yeah. And then yeah. he came back with uh, Berserker after that, which is also a really really fucking good album yeah um so anyway um next up uh you no longer you don't have to modify this title okay it is <laughs> yep. destroyer of the universe Um, yeah now we're hitting a moment on this album that unfortunately it becomes a little bit of a drag Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if the previous song had finished or not (laughs) Um, (laughs) Destroy of the Universe is incredibly similar to Deceiver of the Gods Uh, similar structure very much the Amonimath house style now Um, and that's fine but when the album is this long it starts to drag a bit. <laughs> um, well, it's a live, it's a live set. Yeah, it's yeah. not a and and I guess it's not. You know, you, obviously, I'm not gonna you know say your opinions are wrong. But, no, no, no. But we but we can't judge this in the same way we would a studio album. No, no, because it's because it's totally different context. Yep, different yep. Um, but yeah, look, I think it's probably one of the heavier tracks in an in, in already heavy set. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's definitely a song for moshing about. Yeah, um, it, it, and it's good. <laughs> It feels like I'm being beaten down a little bit at this point in the record. It's just like yeah. I need a bit of a change of pace, or just, just, just give me another sing-along moment, you know, so I can just continue to hold that momentum and keep keep myself like engaged. Whereas at this point, I'm just like, well, it's, it's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool. And then the next song, <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. It's just, yeah, it. This probably would have been a better experience in hindsight if I sat down and watched the DVD and just sort of took myself through the moment and and I had at least some sort of visual element and something else to sort of like keep me engaged because I think audio only, this does start to flag at the end of the record. Like this this back half, Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, we technically we haven't really quite got to the back off. I suppose we have with Destroyer of the Universe, but like, um, well, I was already feeling that way in, with Deceiver of the Gods. We tracks in to mm. we tracks in to sixteen tracks. Yeah, set. yeah. Um, look, I um, again, this is off the album Surtur Rising, mm. which is probably again one of the less the less good albums. Um, so, uh, I, again, I kind of get where it's in there, but it, it's it's all right. It's all yeah, right. Yeah. We'll move um, on. The next, so next up, we've got this song is called "Death and Fire." <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I have one note for this, I'm afraid, and it just uh-huh. says. It's the same song as the last two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm really sorry, but like, just this is the point in the record where I was like, oh, <laughs> something memorable, please. <laughs> Can I have a riff <laughs> or a melody? It's no. See, I, I think this is a bit more mid-paced, um, and, and and like like death and fire is a proper Amonimars fan favourite and yeah I, d- I don't know maybe the placement to see bands live where we didn't know all the songs I went yeah. to see Testament once and after a while you're like eh, what songs is this what songs yeah. are I don't quite know all of these I, I think I know vaguely what they are this is another problem this I think this one I think is a bit more yeah. I don't think it's quite as formulaic as the other ones and, and Amon and Marth kind of have two types of song yeah they have the I guess the more kind of song, and then they have the more swampy stompy song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the swampy stompy song is like the pursuit of Vikings. Yeah. And this, this to me is more of a a bit more swampy stompy. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a lot to dislike here. I, I fucking Again, love the break. I, I don't love the break dislike two any in. of the actual songwriting. I think they are a pr- incredibly proficient band, and I think they get their style down incredibly well. But I think as well, the the issue is this is my first introduction to this band. So when you're being sort of like pummeled like this with like, okay, this is a hit set or, you know, this is it's supposed to be indicative of, you know, lots of different records. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the a similar elements over the songs now. And it's just, it's, it's draining a little bit after a long time. So, um, yeah, it's, well, um, yeah. Hey, that's right. <laughs> uh, all I would say is, um, I'm, I'm trying not to cut, make you cut too many song references in. Yeah, but you have to cut down the the twiddly diddly big breakdown at two minutes in. And okay, and okay, that's that's it. That's it. I don't know how you couldn't be headbanging and getting out, getting out your, your Viking um, ceremonial drinking horn. For that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate no, no, the time, I, I, I really, Thank I, you. Really, <laughs> I, I really like uh, I really like Death and Fire. I think it's a really good one. And next up, it's another of the. This is sorry, sorry, sorry. I need to I need to get my, my Johan voice. So before this one, there's a really strange intro that isn't on the, the album, which is Deceiver of the Gods. It's a bit of a weird intro, okay. not unwelcome. But it seems like Johan gets a bit bored of it mid sequence, right? And as they're doing this big intro, he just, he just shouts, "Father of the Wolf!" <laughs> <laughs> so this is. Father of the Wolf. Yeah, um, this has the magical sound shower riff in it. <laughs> oh my, 
yeah, I was loving this because I was just like, <gasps> it's Outrun. <laughs> um, I love that riff. It's really good. Um, it's it's not identical, but it's very similar um, in the melody that they've they've chosen there. But yeah, it's it's a really catchy riff, and this brought me back. I was very much enjoying myself with this, um, and also it has the one one of the few moments in this album where it. Uh, the first time I heard it, it made me jump out of my fucking skin <laughs> because there's some fireworks. Pirate, pirate. Yes, yes. Uh, my um, notes are at the end of this, there are some pyrotechnics, yeah. and they scared the crap out of me. Headphones on. There's a massive yeah. explosion. Yeah. Uh, warning, war- listener content warning. There's a massive explosion. At the end of Father of the Wolf. Like, this one, what a riff. Holy yeah, yeah. Shit. It's really good. Uh, you can imagine, you can imagine having a Viking boogie to this. Yep, yep. And you've got a, you're, you're, you you know that dance that drunk uncles do at weddings where they mm. get the pint in their hand and they're doing that finger pointing thing? Yeah, yeah. And essentially, it's just that, just that for four minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. If you've got a good riff, then absolutely use it. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Is, really, it's really a really, it. really good and a really kind of a more accessible poppy one. Mm. Really, really, really good. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you, you showed me some... You showed me a, the single from Berserker prior to listening to this, which was uh, Mjolnir, Hammer of Thor. Mjolnir. And this was, this was giving me what I liked about that. You know, it had that nice, yeah. really sort of chunky, memorable riff. But like, yeah, it's, it's really catchy. It's really discernible. And yeah, it, it, was, it was enough. You know, that was what I wanted. I needed, I needed that hook. I think the difference between... Um, and you, you, know, you can feel free to cut in what you want. But the mm. difference between something like Father of the Wolf, which is off a... A weaker period of them is this is really good, mm. but I think Hammer of Thor takes it up to eleven. Yeah, because the because the, they they do one riff and then they've got another one coming in the middle of the verse. Yeah, um, I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but it, it kind of is a da 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 yeah yeah. And this is good. Oh, it's a great great song, and it it is really really incredible. I think I think that actually might be like, if not my favorite Amonomarth track, it is very very close it's mm. it's really really outstanding and yeah. that's that to me is the you know, that's the that's the apotheosis of their maideny bits into yeah, yeah. melody it's, it's very much like um, that trad heavy metal yeah. kind of in 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 you know getting in there but um yeah, yeah no, really um, really fun really fun one all right next up runes to my memory Okay, runes to my memory. So, I have written, it's a good job he says the words to the chorus before the song actually starts, because otherwise I feel like they'd get lost in another song that sounds very similar to some of the songs that have preceded it. It's fine. It's a bit more of a mid-paced track, this one. Uh, Very much sort of... Uh, chanting sort of crowd pleaser, I think, but um, the closest they get to a ballad, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and that that's cool. Like again, like I like the ebb and flow. I need I need a, a moment to sort of like just take a breather because we've had an awful lot of you know big mm-hmm. pommely tracks. Um, so yeah, I, I think this one is very memorable, but I think musically a little bit weak. I I would agree. 
Um, yeah. I, look, you can tell you can tell the older stuff from the newer stuff mm. because it's all a bit down tune and further down the neck. Yeah, and um, so Amona Marth in this song picture sounds like this. Whereas the newer stuff is. I understand why it's in the set. It's um, yeah, it's an earlier earlier classic, and I think I I don't know, but I'm gonna. Pull a fact out of my ass. I think with Odin on our side is probably when they started to become more popular and a little bit more mainstream. Mm. And so for people who got into Amon and Marth, this might well have been the Gateway album. Yeah. Um. So it is a bit of an earlier classic. I think the, the chorus is quite catchy, but but certainly not one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. It, it, you've basically said everything I could have said about it. To be honest with you, it's again good chorus, catchy. Um. That that helped elevate it, but it's very. By the books, it's yeah, it's it's. There's nothing musically that's quite grabbing me outside of the chorus, unfortunately. Next up, as we move on, this is War of the Gods. <laughs> 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 so, oh god uh, so this is um, another one off this is another one off um Surtur rising yeah it's again it's it's fine it's the amon and Arth house style it's cool i'm just a little bit beaten down now it, yeah I, i've literally put i'm sorry this is taking the piss now but it's the same as the songs <laughs> it's just and that's fine if that's what you want look that's fine it's i'm on are very good at that don't get me wrong like this perfectly serviceable but and again this is a live set so it, it's not structured like an album so i can't fault it for that really but just for repeated listens and for such a long record as well it's it, it, it's wearing me down quite a lot so yeah as war of the gods again like perfectly serviceable really well pro- written extremely proficient songwriting um just tight as all hell and it's just not clicking with me unfortunately because i'm just listening to the same thing over and over, and over. <laughs> so this is the so this is the first track of um Serta rising yeah and you get Deceiver of the Gods as the first track off Deceiver of the Gods. Um, Twilight of the Thunder God is the, the first song off Twilight of the Thunder God. And they're certainly similar. And we'll probably get into it in Twilight of the Thunder God. But yeah. Twilight of the Thunder God came first. Okay. And I think what happens in later albums is they kind of do the same thing with slightly diminishing returns. Mm. Um, so it's like, okay, we'll do a Twilight of the Thunder God song again, which is War of the Gods. And then they do it again, and it's called Deceiver of the Gods. Yeah. So it's it kind of diluting the formula. Yeah. And I think uh, it's I I'm definitely going to disagree in this one. Like first of all, some actual singing from Johan in this version, but he's singing the guitar riff because he's a naughty boy. <laughs> and I I think this is actually the the standout of the songs that sound fairly similar from the Monomouth House style. Okay. I absolutely love the big evil sounding down tuned bridge riff where mm. it does it do 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 then it kind of goes into this higher octave solo. Yeah. Where it sort of it's the ultimate transition track and then and then they come back, they double track that big fat riff is 
and then it goes into the rail solo and i just think it's such great metal songwriting mm. it's really poppy and accessible yeah but it gets it right in a way that a lot of modern bands <coughs> metalcore <laughs> yeah, can be yeah. really formulaic yeah and there's nothing worse than a crap metal breakdown yeah yeah with one note chugging yeah but these guys get it right because it's uh, it's like two two or three note chugging. That's yeah, how yeah. you do it. That's yeah, no, like well, there's a riff there. You can you can hold on to it, isn't it? I do feel like yeah. an awful lot of my faults with these songs are just placement in the set. I think yeah, it's a good song totally. And if it was earlier in the set list when I was more energetic and pumped for the fact that I was listening to some cool mellow death, then I would have grabbed me and i would be like oh yeah what the gods oh, that's a great song isn't it yeah yeah but like yeah for whatever reason we're in the back half it now is, and i'm just like oh yeah. my god i'm really being beaten I mean, down this this is the it's the best track of surter rising for mm. my money okay and i think this is one where i totally get if you just come and think who the hell are these guys yeah this yeah. is quite familiar but if if you are a fan of a band i'd be bouncing around the room to this one yeah it's yeah. it's easily easily one of my favorites anyway next up we've got raise your horns Yeah, yeah. So I, it's like the first time really outside of maybe runes to my memory where like things really kind of take a, a change in pace. It slows down quite heavily. This is yep. a big, stompy, headbanging, fists in the air, like just. This is the swampy, stompy one. Yeah, yes. Totally, yeah. Totally. Um, and this, so this is off, uh, this is off Yom's Viking since we're keeping score. Yeah. And um, I, I really enjoyed the welcome. Piece. It's a welcome change of pace, personally. I think it's a it's it's a really memorable song. Great catchy chorus. Um, and yeah, I I needed a breather at this point. I needed to just like okay, look, please don't hit me again with more tremolo picking, more double bass. I just I need a chance to to take take a take a bit of a rest and just like find a nice hooky song that was just like okay yeah this this is cool I, I this is this is what i needed right now i just needed a moment to just like take a breather so yeah I, it's 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 a really good track um it's very welcome at this point in the set list um and yeah it's it's really memorable because again that as much as it's a slower track and i think amana martha are probably more effective when they're being faster um i think they're also very good at you know catchy stompy songs as well like i think yeah this 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 goes to show that they aren't just a one trick pony they do have a little bit more to their bow um and yeah i i, I very much enjoyed my time with raise your horns it, it it's very atypical like crowd pleaser though you can tell it's like yeah. get your viking horn out and drink some booze with us you know <laughs> skull he definitely showed skull like yeah, yeah. Bit, i think it's like I think as they, I mean, probably the Swedish for uh, get it down you, <laughs> buck it in you, as they yeah. say in Northern Ireland, <laughs> buck it in you. Uh, <laughs> um, like, I think, given this is the Yom's Viking tour, yeah. and this track is on Yom's Viking, yep. I think they couldn't skip this. Yeah. 
I think it would have been weird if they hadn't included this in the set list. Right. And indeed, horns are raised yep. in the, the music video for this. I do think it's one of the weaker tracks. I think it's, it's in the same way that we get diminishing returns with the fast track. Yeah. I feel like this is probably a weaker retread of the Pursuit of Vikings. Okay, that's fine. Um, it's, it's a similar kind of sound, probably yeah. not quite as good, but but I don't begrudge it. Mm. Um, and um, it also has the the, the, the brilliant line where um, he sings, Brutally. <laughs> like, yep, that is the most brutal way you could possibly say the word brutally. Um, but it's, a, it's definitely, a, definitely a good riff. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, like for me on the album, it's a bit of a skipper, but I, but I, I totally see why it's in the set list. And yeah, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it, it's it needed. It it, I needed this moment personally. Like it, it, it definitely took, to, um, gave me something that I was missing from the previous ones. I was just like, I needed, I needed a break. I needed something that was a little bit more just crowd pleaser because it, it yeah, it, it, it did it for me. It got me back involved, you know, um, which is good because I was also pretty involved with the next track as well. <laughs> So the next track is A Dream That Cannot Be. Yeah, we get our first and only um, guest spot on this yeah. on this uh, set list, and uh, yeah, so we, uh, Doro comes out and uh, sings some melodies on this track, which is something that um, is sorely lacking from an awful lot of this set list. To be honest with you, um, yep. I very much enjoyed this because I think that adds a lovely little uh, flourish to the sound that that kept me involved. Um, I'm not massively familiar with Dora outside of knowing who she is. And I know that she's been around doing heavy metal for God knows how long now. Um, yep. Very much when he, when, uh, when she's introduced as the, the first lady of heavy metal, um, the, the queen, yeah, the queen, queen of heavy metal. Queen of heavy yeah. Metal, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she, uh, she has definitely earned that. I, I know that she has been around for a very, very long time and continues to do so. And yeah, she sounds great. She's got a really good voice. Um, and yeah, I think um, this re- this this benefits from her inclusion personally. Uh, I think it's a great song. Um, and yeah, again, as I've been looking for for this entire time, I, I do like me some melodies and some hooks, and Dora brings them. So yeah, very much enjoyed this song. So this one's off Yom's Viking as well, mm-hmm. um, and and Dora appears on the album version. Cool, and it's cool. actually one of the it's actually one of the last tracks in the album. Oh, cool. Um, so it has a similar sort of. I don't know, not quite back half banger, but yeah. last minute uh, change of pace. Yeah, sure. um, I'm also not familiar with Doro, except to say she is widely known yeah, as yeah. the the queen of metal. Yeah, and she's the front woman of a band called Warlock. And um, yeah, I I really love this track on the album, and I, I really love it live. I think it gives she gives it a really old school power metal vibe. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and, completely. And it's still it's still good. Yeah, but it it definitely she gives it that extra layer of. Um, intrigue yeah yeah um and, and obviously the crowd go mad for it as well because you can hear they're really really excited yeah yeah no completely um, uh but yeah i'm not not familiar with it but um certainly wouldn't certainly wouldn't say no to um to, to listening to some warlock if it all sounds like that yeah yeah um, no absolutely yeah, just, a, just a really just a really fun track no i agree yeah very much enjoyed it and again like it it helped um 
bring me back into the experience because I was definitely losing some 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 steam with the back half of this album. It's just mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was mm-hmm. a little bit too pommely. But like yeah, now now I've I've had a, a chanty song with a nice memorable like you know chorus, and now I've got some some melody with Doro involved, and yeah, I was just, I was back on board. I was on the Amonomath train again. So now we have two more tracks, and I suspect that um, A Dream That Cannot Be was potentially the opening of like an encore. And if not, it was probably this. And the last two tracks are off Twilight of the Thunder God. The first one is Guardians of Asgard. Guardians of the Asgard. <laughs> um, yeah, Guardians no, of Kahule. Yeah, good song. Uh, <laughs> uh, really catchy chorus. Nice stompy riff. Um, but again, I think just because we're in the end of the record, quite ex- exhausted personally by this point in the record. Um, but that's not to say that this is a bad song by any means. I was just flagging personally. Um, but yeah, like I say, I think the chorus is really catchy and I really like the riff on this track. Um, it is definitely one of the better songs in the back half for, pe- for me personally. Um, but yeah, I was just a bit like, okay, we're nearly there. Let's, let's get this done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, again, another big fat swampy riff. Yep. Um, and, and one of their classic riffs are the do, 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 Yeah. Surprisingly melodic solo, and otherwise it's quite a, a growly grunty track. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you actually hear the crowd in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, haven't, they haven't really been present that much throughout the album. Yeah, um, they're not so mixed they're, they're too high. I think they, they, they bump them up a little bit when they're sort of singing along to riffs and stuff, like just so you can, yeah. to really, you know, emphasize that there is a crowd there. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's nice. It, it is nice to have that bit of feedback. And I think that's part of the fun of live records, isn't it? Is like how well you yeah, use absolutely. that to like emphasize yeah. certain moments, you know, and I think... Yeah. I think it's used sparingly on this record, but like I think they do, yeah. It does add something when they are more audible. When they're, when they're there, yeah. Um, look, I think again, this is the this is the, the swampy Amonomarth song. Yeah, it's not that dissimilar from "Raise Your Horns." It's not that dissimilar from the the Pursuit of Vikings. Yeah. But you can't you can't not go to an Amonomarth gig and and not hear Guardians of Asgard. I mean, come on, soft soft Twilight of the Thunder God. For yeah. We could just play that whole album back to front. We could be done. Yeah. And, but that's but that's why I didn't do that because if we had just got if I got right, Lewis, we're doing Twilight of the Thunder God. Here you go, you're a god. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. That was oh oh my god, tears of blood. That was incredible. <laughs> um, and and it was actually <laughs> so I I said to I said to the brothers, oh yeah, we're we're covering this album next, and and my response to every track is gonna be that was a great track. That yeah. was a great track. And Daniel's like, "Oh, you doing a Monomarth? <laughs> um, Got your number." But, that, but, I, but I thought, but I thought Twilight of the Thunder God was just, was almost too easy, right? And yeah. I thought this is a little more, a little more mentally, mentally stimulating, a little more. Look, I think and, and room for disagreement. Yeah, I think if you wanted like a good encapsulation of what they're about, like songwriting styles and just how they perform and you know what what a set list is going to be like i think it's a really good encapsulation of the band but as a first introduction something this long does take the 
wind out your sails a little bit. And I think, yeah, yeah it's just, yeah, well, I, I, I do mean, find myself like, lagging with it. I mean, Twilight of the Thunder God is, is a 43-minute-long album. Yeah. And, um, and it does ebb and flow. Like, so you open with Twilight of the Thunder God, and you've got Free Will Sacrifice, which is quite a fast one. Yeah. And you've got Guardians of Asgard. Yeah. Then you've got more stompy, more atmospheric songs. And then you've got, like, the, a really good back half banger in uh, Live for the Kill. Yeah. Um, so the, there's a lot of, like, this is a, this is a pummeling fan favorite set. Yeah. And, and I guess for a podcast episode, very happy we chose this. I think we've had a good conversation. It's been really interesting to try something new. Yeah. If I wanted to get you into a Monomarth, I thought, Lewis is a big baby, and he's not going to listen around this. He's not going to give us <laughs> a fair shout. Yeah. I'd probably just have got you Twilight of the Thunder God and said, go for your life. Yeah, yeah. But I know you're not a big baby. So you listen to Twilight <laughs> of the Thunder God, and you go, oh, man, where have you been all my life? Um, so, that's what, so with that in mind, let's talk about the last track, and that track is Twilight of the Thunder God. Cool. Um, <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry, uh, but the only note I've written for this is another Amonomath song by Numbers. Um, it didn't didn't quite grab me, unfortunately. I was very much like, I'm I'm done. I'm done now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't want to be the big baby, but I'm just like, oh, wow, where's my hooks? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 fine, and it's a bit of a strange ending to the to the CD version because there's like this outro section with like a sort of like strings bit where he's just talking about like, yeah. oh, you know, we're going to continue the party, and then I was like, okay, this is the encore, then is it right? So like, we're going to get another song after this. It just ends. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, that's a bit deflating. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, uh, okay, yeah, by the way, this is off the album uh, Twilight of the Thunder God. So, <laughs> um, if, if you were a fan, it would be obvious that this was the last track because to an extent, yeah. this is the definitive Amonomarth song off the definitive modern Amonomarth album. Okay. I think it's hard to beat the riff. And I think what's happened is it's a bit like you kind of had the leftovers, mm. and then you have the main course at the end. Yeah, and if you, and if you had listened to Twilight of the Thunder God, you go, "Oh man, that's amazing." Okay. Then you listen to like Surtur Rising, you go, "Ah, okay, that's 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 similar." And then you listen to Deceiver of the Gods, you go, "Oh man, okay, this is really quite similar." Yeah. Um. So, I think because it's it's almost being done in a reverse order. Yeah. That that downplays what this is like because it was you because know, it came out six years before some of the other albums yeah, that we've yeah. heard, right? Um, like I think it's um, it's not the best rendition of this track, okay. and it's not even the best rendition of Twilight of the Thunder God um, on the Pursuit of Vikings oh, right. because it opens. This is the opening track oh, from the is second that that disc in stage. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, no, no, I think um, no, I think what you're hearing is that is that is the legit end of that set, right? Okay. Um, and I don't, I don't remember the the ending. Um, 
I think it's better on the second disc as an opener because they're probably just not as tired. Right. Yeah. At yeah. the beginning of the set, yeah. um, I like. I think it's hard to beat. Hard to beat the riff. It's got a classic Amon Marth breakdown. But I would have liked more audience noise during the course sing-alongs right, to give okay. it a real bombastic yeah, yeah. live final feel because it's um, quite a quite an iconic one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it is a. With all due respect, I think it's a poor rendition of a classic right, track. Right, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. So I could understand why you thought, ah, oh, this sounds like more of the same. It just doesn't have the same... It, it's different whenever you're listening to a band live and you're a massive fan. Yeah. And I knew I've heard that song countless times. Mm. So you know that you know, you're, you're replaying it in your mind at the same time you're hearing the live interpretation. It doesn't matter if you can't hear all the bits or everything's not super clear because you know what it's meant to sound like. Yeah, yeah. And that's the difference between coming at this as a fan and coming at it as a, you know, a punter who just happened to be walking through Summer Breeze. Yeah, yeah. Going, huh, geez, there's a lot of people here. What's going on? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, totally. But yeah, no, that's, we've reached the end of the, the CD version of yeah. Pursuit of Vikings. Um, and my closing so, thoughts are mainly <laughs> like that it's an extremely proficient record i think the songwriting is fantastic i think they're incredibly tight but uh performance wise um i think they are a really good melodic death metal band and there are some real highs on this record but unfortunately due to the sheer length of it and due to the sheer sameness of their song structure i do feel like it's maybe not the best introduction to them because no. i think um it by the end of it you're definitely going to be flagging. You're definitely going to be feeling like, okay, I've heard an awful lot of the same song over and over again for, for, for over an hour now. And it's, it's, it's just a little bit deflating, unfortunately, which I, I, which is a shame because they're clearly very fun, incredibly what, you know, just great musicians. They, they know their craft really well. And they, 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 as evidenced, they have put together some incredible songs on this record. Um, but, Unfortunately, I just think it's a little bit too much, and yeah, it's it's ever so slightly too samey for me personally. I think it's just like I, I I needed a little bit more of an ebb and flow, a little bit more of a okay, right. So we'll have a couple of fast ones, and then we'll we'll slow things down a bit. We'll get something a little bit more um, memorable, a little bit more melodic, a little bit more catchy, and then we'll jump back into some fast ones and then do the same sort of thing. It, it, I think that might have helped this a little bit better, maybe structure it more like a greatest hits record, but it's not a greatest hits record. Yeah. And I can't judge it on those, on those, on those, you know, <laughs> those criticisms because they don't really apply to it. But yeah, it's a long old experience as a first experience. I think there's enough here for me to go. Okay. I think I probably would want to explore more of Monomath, but I need to take a break and listen to something else after this, you know? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. St. Anger Syndrome, you did detox. <laughs> I, I think, um, I think overall sound mix is okay. It's not great. Yeah. And you can hardly hear the crowd. Yeah. And yeah. I, I find that a little bit of a missed opportunity yeah. because um, I love being able to hear the crowd in the live album. Yeah, I love yeah. the audience interaction. They don't do a lot of that. And I'll talk a bit about the T-Stage bit as a, you know, you can just, I don't know, sit and listen for two minutes yeah, while yeah. I explain what's going on in the T-Stage disc. It's a pretty solid greatest hits. Yeah. Um I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a particularly exemplary live album. Yeah. Um and I don't even know if Melodeath is that good a fit for a live album because it becomes a bit boomy rather than crunchy. Mm. I think you lose lose some of the things I like. And I was thinking about other 
Melodeath live albums, of which there are not a lot. Um, the I think the so in Flames have a couple of live ones that they've got one called the Tokyo Showdown mm-hmm. that again I enjoy because it's live in Flames. Yeah, it's like yeah. I think it's a clay it's a clay man tour. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoy that, but I enjoy it because it's in Flames. It's a slightly different twist in the songs, not because it's a particularly incredible live set. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely good live albums, and I'm gonna recommend a couple of them. One of them that I'm not gonna recommend so further listening is Megadeth Root Awakening, mm. where they they take the song She Wolf, yep. which is a fairly poppy three minute song, yep. and turn it into this eight minute jam. With <laughs> one of the best drum solos I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Um. So it's that's kind of. That's what I think makes a, a, a really good live album mm. is a bit of improv, a bit more audience interaction. And I get that I'm on a marathon doing that, but the ones I've recommended I think are a little bit more interesting as yeah, well. Concepts. Yeah. But, you know, this um, makes a ter- terrific video performance. So maybe we just need to branch Cast Iron out to YouTube. <laughs> um, but like, be in, I think you're probably right that if you had watched the DVD, it would have been a different experience because you would get more of the audience interaction, and the, presumably you can see them, you can hear them a little bit more. Um, but but yeah, that's okay. Like we're we're here to really talk about the CD recording and interesting for what it is. So the T stage. Yep. So the day before, or the night before, Amonomarth play the T stage, um, and they play a. Um, Fan favorite old school set list of loads of old stuff. Nothing, nothing new, nothing yeah, beyond yeah. Twilight of the Thunder God. Um, they and, and my picks. If you want to have listened to this on, on Apple Music, and you too, like Lewis, have been pummeled by <laughs> um, a couple of good tracks. One called Free Will Sacrifice. I wish this was on the main set list. It's one of my favorites. Yep. It's got some great lyrics, which is um, we're outnumbered ten to one, but still I like the odds. We'll sacrifice them one by one. Send them off to the gods. There we go. That's that's some and lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, there's a lovely interlude where they pay tribute to um, Mikael Tringet, and he is the guy the team stage is named after. He was a, a record producer and an early supporter of the band. Oh, okay. And you can tell that that, that set really means a lot to them. Wow. Um, so I think headlining Summer Breeze and even being in the T stage with fans like it was a really, it was a, it's a really big deal for them to yeah, be headlining yeah. it. So I think that, that that's really nice and. That that gets to more of the the really interesting audience interaction. Yeah. Um, some other tracks you should listen to are one called "For the Stab Wounds in Our Backs," which is a very early track of "Versus the World," which is very fun. Uh, one called "Gods of War Arise" of Odin on our side. Um, Asator, which I sent you. Very good song. Of oh, Odin. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, I like that. Holy shit! You need to listen to that. Yeah. Um, and 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 you could do me a personal favor, Lewis, which is please, please, please cut in the. Um, the most the most brutal amount of Marth breakdown of all time, which happens at about one minute thirty yep. in Asator. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be the live album, but oh my god. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I just head back away to it, and then I usually <laughs> rewind it, listen to it again, because it's just it is just perfect. Um, some other ones you should listen to: um, 
Varyags of Miklagard of Twilight of the Thunder God, Live for the Kill of Twilight of the Thunder God, and the final track, Victorious March, which is off their debut album, One Sent from the Golden Hall, and is also the name of their web shop, which is called Victorious Merch. Oh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's cool. They're selling some uh, Berserker face masks. <laughs> of course they are. God. <laughs> so it is. Uh, yeah. No, no, like, what could be? What could be more COVID than that? Uh, we'll never get. We'll never get past COVID. Um. So I need to guess your favorite track now. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. Was it? Was it Father of the Wolf? Hmm. I mean, it's definitely one of my faves. Um. I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I think it's probably the Pursuit of Vikings. Um. It's oh, a very, great. very good set opener. It very much gave me what I wanted at the right time. And um, I know that's a big cop-out because it's the first track on the record. And it's like, okay, first impressions, right? But those were good first impressions. And I was very much enjoying myself with that. I think it's, uh, again, a lot of drama on that song. I like the introduction. I like that. There's uh, a riff that you can sing along to, as the crowd does. I like all the hey hey's. I think it's, it's almost, you know punky in a weird way it's it yeah it's it's um it very much delivered what i wanted and it was a big surprise as well you know as first impressions go i was not expecting mellow death from a monomath i was expecting folk metal and it was uh nice to not have that so yeah yeah, probably that um for you though god that's a very very difficult um choice personally um no, I don't know Just because yeah I think you, maybe Guardians of Asgard maybe a Twilight of the Thunder God I think you you definitely seem to favor that record in particular um, I favor yeah. that I favor that record but I don't think I would fa- I don't favor these interpretations of that song yeah they are uh, a cop-out um, you, you want to have a second guess <sighs> let's have a think I'm trying okay, to think give you a stuff. clue give you give you a clue okay. which is I'm a big fan of the album Yom's Viking. Okay, okay. I'm a big fan of that album. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed the, the Yom's Viking tour interpretation. Very difficult for me to say it, because, I, again, I don't know which songs are on Yom's Viking. <laughs> I'm oh, not no. the fan, so... <laughs> See, dear listener, uh, the, I, I gave him the breadcrumbs and I told him what albums were on. <laughs> he, was, he was battered by the Mjolnir hammer of thought. <laughs> um, oh, Go on, for tell me... me it's probably a toss-up between First Kill and At Dawn's First Light. Okay, okay. That's fair, that's um, fair. And, I, I, and, they're and, both very, very good songs yeah, as well. I always, yeah. yeah. I, I think the version of At Dawn's First Light on this is superb, and it, yeah. it might well be my first, my favourite track off At Dawn's First Light, uh, off Yom's Viking, yeah. sorry. And and I think it, to me, encapsulates the just the right amount of Maiden yeah. without it being, you know, not not mellow death anymore yeah and both both of those picks Probably are, are the correct picks way. as far as i'm concerned they're, they're both very good <laughs> they're both very good songs so yeah, yeah no i agree the, the pursuit of vikings is a good track yeah i like off the pursuit of vikings of course, of course. that is many people's favorite amount of track mm. yeah no i, so I mean, further listening further listening obviously for you it's going to be the entire amount of track catalog <laughs> no no break for you uh well i have put i would really like to listen to berserker because i very much enjoyed mjolnir i think that's an amazing song and Hey, look! If there if, if if there's more of that on there, if there's more like okay, let's put some thrash or some old school heavy metal into the into the into the mix, then I want to hear more of that because I think Amonomoth are very good at like okay, here's a goddamn catchy riff. Um, we're gonna make it work with Melodeth. Um, and 
yeah, I'd like to hear more of that. I don't know whether that's the correct album for that, but I I am very much impressed by uh, Mjolnir in particular, and that has been that has been on constant rotation actually, like uh, outside of this record. I, I think that's a very very good song, and I very much enjoy it. So um, yeah, I very much would uh, like to listen to Berserker. Um, I I think that is. That's probably not a bad pick, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably go either Berserker, just because it's it's kind of fresh. Yep. Um, or if you want to, you know, know find out what all the fuss was about, yep. then it, it might be um Twilight of the Thunder God. Yep. I think you couldn't go wrong with either of those. And and uh, you know, part of me is like, eh, maybe we should do Berserker, but I'm looking at the the cadence of Berserker and it kinda goes fast song, mid pace, millionaire, slow song, can't remember. Mid pace to fast, slow, can't remember, quite fast, quite fast, okay. mid pace. So it's definitely, I think it's got more of the dynamics you'd expect okay, from a, okay. a studio album. That sounds like maybe um, it would probably click with me then. Yeah, um, but it's it's got a lot of good, lot of good shit on it. Yeah, a lot of good shit. But um, for two actual proper, these are my choices sort of thing. Um, we've spoke about it a lot, but I have to say, Clay Man by In Flames. Um, I think it is. Uh, a fantastic Mellow Death record. I think it has a lot of that crunchy sort of down-tuned elements that this record has. Um, and, but at the same time, it's got hooks and riffs and melodies and like it, it's 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 the good bits. Ride on it. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the good bits of bullet ride on it. Yeah. The best the best song ever. Oh, it's yeah. like <laughs> if yeah if you absolutely need to get hyped up. Yeah, for, yeah. I don't know. A job interview, or you think you're gonna to have to fight to the death? In the cage, <laughs> I would, I would choose the In Flames song, Bullet Ride. <laughs> so yeah, there's lots of there's lots of that on Clayman, and yeah, it's it's very much like it reminds me of the good bits of this record, of this Amarth record. You know, like the the stuff that was really sort of winning me over, all the big catchy riffs and stuff like that. I love all that sort of stuff, man. So yeah, uh, Clayman gives you an awful lot of that. And I'm also going to recommend another live album, and it's a Mellow Death live album. Uh, it is a album called Purgatory Unleashed, and it is by At the Gates, and it is fantastic. Uh, it is a really long, wide set list, a great introduction to At the Gates. Um, it ebbs and flows fantastically. You get a fantastic look at like all the different stages of that band because they start out as more traditional death metal with maybe some black metal influences lots of tremolo picking and stuff like that but as we get on to things like uh terminal spirit disease and uh slaughter of the soul obviously their biggest most famous record probably um mm-hmm. you get that more traditional mellow death that we that you expect from bands like in flames and dark tranquility um and a monomath um but yeah it's uh a really really good record and it ebbs and flows nicely and you get a great cross-section of their early back catalogue before they you know started releasing music again uh which only happened maybe in the yeah, last couple of that... you know it's like 10 years maybe um now, so, so that's a 2010 release um, it is. and war with reality came out in 2015 yep. which i don't think is particularly good honestly and then there's to drink from the night itself which is 2018 and i think actually is really good yeah and we've got an album coming out this year as well so um yeah um do we we do do we yeah yeah we've got an out the gates coming out this year so um, yeah, coming coming out the coming out the gates yeah there you go there you go but yeah so those would be my two proper picks how about you alan okay so i have i have chosen two that are legit picks and then a third um totally not metal at all pick <laughs> so first of all i um so when we did the Saint Anger album, uh, I 
said that one of my the way I got into Metallica was the album S and M, so I've chosen the Metallica album S and M, cool. which I think is a really really good live album. Yep. Um, and if you hadn't heard it before, um, it's um, S for the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. Yep. And M for Metallica. Um, and <laughs> it, um, it, yeah, just a really interesting and unique. Like, there's quite a there's quite a lot of bands who have done. Um, live albums with orchestras mm. and some of it is like i think demi borgir have done a live album like that and um you know and they have orchestras in their music already yep but it's almost become a bit of a metal cliche now that bands do it with an orchestra yeah but m is definitely a pioneering one i, I haven't listened to M 2 but certainly M one's very good mm. I'll, uh, I'll vouch for that but i think it's a really really interesting take on what you can do with a live album yeah so the other one is um by iron maiden and it's live after death Ah, so so live after death is so Iron Maiden have heaps of Iron Maiden have more live albums than the studio albums. They seem to do by one other, for other every out touring cycle. Don't seem they? to do yeah. one for every tour, yeah. and it makes it quite hard to pick one. And so this, so live after death is the Power Slave tour, okay. which is the first episode of Cast Iron. Yep. So that means you do not get songs like I don't know, you don't get, you don't get wasted years, you don't get Can I Play with Madness yeah. or any of the Seventh Son stuff. Um, but what you do get is awesome audience interaction. Yep. And I think I think the I spoke about how the sound mix in this I think is a little bit disappointing. Listen to the sound mix in Live After Death. This is something that came out in I think it's like eighty four, yeah, eighty five. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I guess this album's older older than me. <laughs> and um, but the production's incredible. Yep. Really good call and response from the audience. Classic Maiden tracks. Phenomenal performances all around. Yep. Really, really like really seminal heavy metal album really one of the best live records ever released by a metal band really really exceptional okay third one third one is daft punk and it's a live 2007 so i wanted to say au revoir to daft punk who, um <laughs> who uh, split up a couple of weeks ago it's um, an interesting pick this because as much as yes it is not a metal album i have been intrigued by it because i have heard an awful lot about this and how it is basically a new record even though it's not you know even though it's based, based okay, the so, melodies are based on actual songs that have already been released so daft punk had a album called the live 97 which i've not listened to mm. but is famous for being well according to the reviews one of the best electronic albums like live recordings ever yeah and it's basically just homework and um, with some other yeah songs mixed in so what alive 2007 does is it um mixes up daft punk stuff including the album human after all now if you're a daft punk fan you know human after all is a bit poo mm. and a bit boring yeah and the reason that alive 2007 is so cool is it makes that album good <laughs> and not just good but great and you suddenly realize that oh the reason Human After All was not a very good album is because it wasn't really meant to be listened to. Yeah. It was meant to be mixed and played live. Yeah. And so if you're somebody like me who's a, who's a Daft Punk fan, didn't really get on with um, Human After All, you got to listen to Alive 2007. It really is one of the best best live albums I've heard. It's really, really yeah, good. I'd, I'd really like to give it a go. I've heard many, many good things. And yeah. It's... And, oh, and also, even better is the encore includes um, Stardust's uh, Music Sounds Better With You, which is by one half of Daft Punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's the best thing. It's euphoric. <laughs> We're going nuts when we hear it. Oh, um, good stuff. So that is that is us. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for listening once again. 
If you enjoyed this episode, there are two ways to support the show. And the first is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. But of course, the most important is to share cast iron with a friend or two and spread the love. Um, and Lewis loves hearing from you in social media. And I love Lewis taking screenshots of social media and sending them to me. Uh, you can find all previous episodes on your favorite podcast app. Um, unless it's Spotify, your favorite your, your favorite podcast app that is seeded by the Apple Podcasts directly. Uh, or you can find it on our website, which is castironshow.co.uk. Uh, you can also go on there and you can uh, play the game of follow me on Apple Music and see what we're listening to, see what we're covering next. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Right now, you'll see it's been nothing but a mono Mars for the past yeah. Well, there we go. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. As always, uh, this was a blast and very much needed after for our System of a Down episode, which was one great album and one terrible record. <laughs> that was a draining experience. But um, yeah. no, this was a lot of fun. As much as it is a long record, um, it was lovely to be introduced to Armand Amarth, and I will definitely be uh, exploring them further. And I can't stress enough, um, if you have not listened to Armand Amarth, don't try this at home. <laughs> listen to listen to Berserker or Twilight of the Thunder God. Don't don't do the live album one. That was just uh, that was just because he knew Lewis was a very advanced advanced musical connoisseur, and he can he can handle the sheer the sheer pummeling power of a Monomarth live. <laughs> Thank you.